Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is uh, February 7th, 2020, and this is uh, an episode of probably one of the most popular shows I do uh, every month, and that is the pep talk. We're going to be joined by Dr. Elizabeth Yurth in just a moment, uh, but before we do that, a couple things I have to do. First, of course, I have to thank our title sponsor, Legendary Foods, for being such a bunch of great people and supporting this show. If you love the information that this show puts out there, and we put out more information than any other podcast out there. I do four shows a week on average when most guys are doing one a week, and I've been doing it for 14 plus years now. Uh, this is the oldest and longest running health, fitness, and anti-aging podcast in the world, and it's here because of you right now whose ears I'm lending to speak to. And Legendary Foods is our title sponsor. So you need to show them love because they make this show possible with a huge grant that keeps me in business even if I lose other sponsors. And they currently have a a Pop-Tart-like snack called the Tasty Pastry. And if you haven't tried it, you have to because it tastes like a Pop-Tart upgraded, and it is upgraded because it's got nine grams of protein, less than one gram of sugar, uh, three to four grams of impact carbs. It is just the healthier way to feel like you're cheating. And, of course, they also have fantastic, a, a, a myriad of other fantastic products, different nut butters. I've shown you the empty jars that I go through eating them here with a spoon at my desk. Um, seasoned and flavored uh, almonds. Uh, go to eatlegendary.com and, uh, and tell them that Carl sent you. And without further delay, I am going to bring my guest on the brilliant dr betsy yurth how you doing betsy i'm great carl thanks yeah and and so people everybody's just you know sitting around you've already like been working since what 6 a.m this morning you've seen how many patients did you do any surgeries today too you're like wonder woman yeah. you're wonder I'm just woman. About the clinic today so okay okay so, a, a few aodha injections and some knees and uh <laughs> yeah yeah, very cool stuff, right? Very, very cool stuff. I had somebody say to me this morning, wouldn't it be cool if, if Dr. Yurth was your physician? I said, she can be. I said, reach out to the clinic, I said. Exactly. My friend yeah. Sean Kernersha. I've in 25 different states. That's awesome. That really is awesome. And by, by the way, I every week get contacted by somebody who has understood the benefits of peptides and says to me, do they have a peptide for depression? And I've always said, no, not really. But they do, don't they? Yeah, it's pretty new. I mean, this is this is this is pretty new to us, and and so we we are actually really excited. We've just started using it in the practice. Um, you know, in the past, we really have not had a whole lot of options for people, and so it's really nice to have some options to treat people now with depression. But as you and I get into talking about this. It's going to have actually a whole lot more value. I think we're going to start seeing it maybe for cardiac conditions, for other other neurologic disorders. Like um, there's been some evidence for epilepsy and stuff. So 
So, so, let's, so let's, let's, let's address the problem first. For every day, someone is being put on SSRIs, and SSRIs ruin your life. They literally. So, so I used to joke with people and say, if if your hand was killing you, and I stomped on the instep of your foot, you wouldn't think about your hand anymore because this new pain has now distracted you. And SSRIs distract people. They don't mitigate. They don't make depression go away. They just make you feel so out of sorts that. You don't even complain about your depression anymore. You just don't have anything anymore for life. I think one of the big complaints about SSRIs. I, I'm not going to doubt. I think there's people who need them, and I think that they have saved lives. I, I think the problem is that the right antidepressant for the right person is very difficult to figure out. They all have side effects, and people do say, you know, okay, I, I maybe don't feel like killing myself anymore, but I actually feel like I don't feel anything. I'm not feeling particularly joy. I'm not, I don't feel like I have the same compassion for people. So we get that complaint a lot with antidepressants that people just no longer feel like themselves. And, and that's a huge issue. So, so I'm, I'm not going to say that they're not a necessary drug and that I, I do think they've saved lives, but it's a difficult, that's a difficult road to hoe. And the reason that we don't, that we keep looking for some other options you know, now I think most recently trying ketamine infusions, things like that, is because we haven't found a successful option. Well, I mean, you know, SSRIs also re- are reported by patients that not working. About 30% of patients claim that they don't do anything at all for them. The other 70%, they're doing something, but we're just not sure what. Right. In fact, we've now found that genetically there's people who none of the SSRIs are going to work that they just don't carry genetically the, a factor that they are going to have any value. So I think that the studies show that the first antidepressant you're put on, you have a 30% chance of it working. And then if you fail that one, actually, you're, you're likely to be getting better from the second one you're put on is even lower, and the third one even lower than that. So it ends up at if you don't respond to the first antidepressant that you're put on, the likelihood of you actually ever getting better from any of those drugs is probably pretty small. Very uh, so we obviously we failed in this system. We need to find something else, and so far the pharmaceutical industry hasn't come up with that. So no, I think and, we need to have an answer. No, well, in fact, uh, less than um, one third of patients get relief from depression from any of the treatments that are currently considered the standards of care for right. depression, and this is really sad um, because de- depression is a disease. That I mean, you could be big and strong and healthy, and but you just don't you don't ha- you don't have anything for your life anymore. I mean, it's got. That, that, I, I'm, we've all been depressed. You know, when when I had my mother, father, and sister all pass away in a short number of years, I became depressed for a good year. But I knew I'd get out of it. I just knew my body had to adjust to, to, to this trauma, and I would come out of it, and, and I did. But there are a lot of people who just waking up in the morning is not an exciting thing, and that's a way way sad way to get through life because we see people out there with one leg and one arm and half a face and they're killing life. They're enjoying life. They're like, I'm not letting this stop me. And there's, right. there's a, here's a healthy person who just doesn't even want to engage in life anymore. It's very sad. Right. And it's a silent problem, you know, especially among men, right? Women maybe are a little more trained to reach out, men not. So it's a, it's, it's not like that, but it's something that, that people aren't being treated for. It's not working. And a lot of people don't even want to talk about it or complain about it. Uh, I, I was telling you before the, the podcast, I have two very close friends who have, who have uh, committed suicide, both physicians, both males, both seemingly fine, making good incomes, having had good families, were married. And, and 
you know, very close to me. So this is a, you know, a huge issue. And I think they actually both were on antidepressants and, and, you know, and, and so not helping them. I mean, I mean, let's let's not forget Robin Williams, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, but didn't decide to commit, kill himself until he went to the doctor and said, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. The right thing to say to Robert is, look, man, I know you're depressed. If, if I knew I was dying, like I was going to be trapped in my own body, I'd be depressed, too. And so they figured, well, let's help him out. We'll give him an SSRI. And then he hangs himself like what, two weeks later, three weeks later. So and and and, and also um Let's not forget all of the young children who were put on antidepressants very early on. Whether or not they commit suicide, their brain chemistry is jacked for the rest of their lives. I mean, that is scary to me. We don't know yet. These, this new batch of, 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 of kids we have today that are just turning 20 and, and, and so on now, who've been on antidepressants since they were like 14 years old, we have no idea what they're going to be like when they yeah. get to be 40 and 50. Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's an experiment, you know, with society. Uh, and this is rampant. I would tell you the number of people I see in an orthopedic clinic who are antidepressant and, uh, is probably 50%. I mean, so this is not a small problem. And a lot of them have issues, even orthopedically, that we can kind of track back to some of the things that are going on with some medications, maybe the depression themselves, but also medications. Uh, so, so we have... So we have a lot to address here, and I, I hope that we maybe have have something that's going to help us. So let's talk about this. So let's talk about Spaden. Is it pronounced Spaden or Spaden? Spaden. Spaden. So what what exactly is Spaden? So Spaden is is an endogenous peptide. We actually people make Spaden, and it um, it basically blocks what's called the TREK one receptor. So this is a receptor. The TREK receptors which stands for Twix-related potassium channel receptor. There's a bunch of them. But this Twix-1 receptor is very much, it's it's an electroxidable receptor dictated by potassium influx. And it's very related to depression. Um, It's related to memory loss, dementias. It's related to epilepsy. It's related to anxiety. So... It, when that receptor is activated or excited, it accelerates dysfunction, so loss of neurons in the hippocampus, which is our memory center. It accelerates depressive symptoms, anxiety symptoms, and if very upregulated, epilepsy, because you think of that, that as a neuroexcitable entity. So if we can block that receptor, then we can potentially halt or slow down those diseases. So we have this natural way of doing that. But if that is not, you know, you, you don't have enough spaden or for some reason your receptor is upregulated or there's other things going on genetically, environmentally, chemically, well, then we have to intervene. And, and the SSRIs, some of the antidepressants do work on this receptor. The problem is they work on a whole lot of other pieces as well, hence their side effect profile. Right. So, so this, this, this peptide works exclusively on that receptor. Right. Now, let me, let me ask you about this. You know, we, we say, oh, it's, it's, it's a potassium channel and we move on. All. So um, we know that people are severely depleted in appropriate electrolytes in the body because of highly restrictive diets. You know, the number one problem with the keto diet, a high fat, moderate protein, no carb diet, is both magnesium, potassium levels go wonky. And so a lot of these people end up with keto flu. We now know that if they supplement with minerals, the keto flu never happens. What, what happens if you're severely depleted 
and potassium. Does that does that play a role in some people maybe uh, not producing enough of this peptide uh, endogenously? I guess I don't really know the answer to that. I'm not sure we have you know as, uh, all the the information about that. Now, is this receptor changed by potassium dysregulation? Yes. So, so is spate in itself changed? I'm not sure about that. I don't know the answer to that. Um, the problem with spaden is because our body is in this very kind of always modulating state is it's very, very short lived. It appears and within five, seven minutes, it's gone so that you can turn on and off these receptors rapidly. So the problem with trying to treat somebody with spaden is I can get five minutes of making you, you know, blocking the receptor and then it's gone. Uh, and so just using spaden directly is not a very effective you know, that's why it kind of got looked at by the pharmaceutical industry years ago, and they said, "Well, this is going to work. We can't treat somebody for five minutes." Right. Um, so, so, so that that brings up the actual peptide. I just want to get this up there real quick too. Uh, there are some studies that show that Trek One is also implicated in anxiety, and I have some anecdotal information from a friend of the show, uh, Victor uh, uh, Misford, and he is using. He's on his third day of uh, PE. 2228, which is the actual analog of Spaden, which appears to work better. I'm going to let you explain that. But he says he's only been on it three days, and they say it takes about four days to work. Think about that when you talk about SSRIs, which take four to six weeks to work. This works in about four days if it's going to work for you. And he said what he does notice is some nootropic effects. His, his mind feel after he takes his nasal spray, he said he feels like the lights go on in his brain. He feels like he can think clearer, uh, thoughts, uh, memory comes back about things. There may be a nootropic value to this, huh? There definitely is. So when you talk about the anxiety aspect, definitely. So we know that this receptor is linked, as I said, not just to depression, to anxiety. So upregulation of this, this neuroexcitable receptor, you're going to see more anxiety again in its stream states, so stimulate the brain that you get these epileptic attacks, but anxiety, depression. So, so we know it's related to anxiety, uh, but we also know that it's, uh, again, really upregulates brain-derived neurotrophic factor mm. and also improves hippocampal. Again, that's your sort of memory center neurogenesis. So we actually are seeing within days, again, there's very few things that would do this. Within days, you're seeing an improvement in memory in people, an improvement in anxiety, an improvement in depressive symptoms. So within, like, like, like Victor said, three days, there's no drug, really, that we can put somebody on almost that you can, you can see that effect. I mean, peptides are ra- rapid acting. We know that's one of the cool things about them. But to, 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 say, to save somebody who's really depressed, and I give them an antidepressant medication like Prozac, and I go, okay, in about three weeks, let's see if you feel better. You're massively depressed. Telling them in three weeks, let's see if you feel better, because it takes that long. It takes three weeks for an antidepressant really have an effect. It's not going to make them feel particularly good. And in, in, in that three-week time, who knows what happens, right? There's so, a lot but, 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 I don't want to gloss over this three-week period, because there's, there's two, two problems with this three-week period. Number one... The onset of effectiveness, if you are testing one of these drugs, let's face it, you're basically testing it because it doesn't work for everybody. The three-week period that you have to wait in order to test it. So let's say you do this and it makes you feel worse. Well, guess what? It's going to take two or three weeks for your brain chemistry to come back to normal. They're probably going to want to titrate 
the dose down half for the next two weeks, half for the next two weeks until you're not on it. Because they always tell you, don't ever just stop an SSRI. Yeah, you know what that's like? It's like jacking your car up, taking the tire off, and then kicking the jack out before you put the tire back on. Your brain goes, what the hell just happened? You jacked me around for the past three weeks and sent me down this road. Now you took my compass away and you're telling me find my way home? Your brain doesn't like that. Yeah, and so now, yeah, so you've gone through all that, and now you have to try another drug and go through the exact same event again. Yeah. Okay, now I'll try this one, and let's wait three weeks. And if that, lots of times, if during that three-week trial, they are having all these other symptoms, what what the traditional doctor says to them is, you just need to wait it out because it can take a while to get through the side effects and then see if it's having an effect. So not only are you going through three weeks of feeling worse with your depression, but you're having these horrible side effects that somebody has told you to just wait out. It's hard if you've been, you know, and I've never been in a massively depressed state like that. I've had some situational depressions, but to be in that state and have somebody tell you that, I, I don't think is going to go well. Uh, um, and so, so, and then, and then we say, okay, well, that one didn't work because now the traditional thing is go to your second line defense and wait another three weeks. Now, I just told you the fact that if you did not respond to the first drug, the likelihood of you responding to a, the next line of drugs is even less. So now your likelihood is even less but we go through the same game of three weeks trial with more side effects, weaning off that one, trying a new one. So now maybe nine weeks into this show, you've failed three, three trials, and now people are like, well, we could try electroshock, you know, electroconvulsive therapy. My mother went through that, and my sister went through it, and it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching, uh, yeah. and it's, it's horrible. It's, I, I, I still can't, it's so barbaric that if, it, I just don't understand why modern medicine is still using electroshock. And they say it works for people with Parkinson's disease. They seem to see some benefits. I mean, well, I guess if you get hit by a car, something good could come out of it, too. But, you know, th- why do it? Well, if you're massively depressed and nothing has worked and nobody has anything else to offer you, yeah, there is, and again, I think it's another 30% of people who will respond to ECT. But we tell, you tell them you also are going to lose a lot of your memory. You're also going to lose a lot of cognitive function. So you're doing it at an expense. It's a last-ditch effort to try and save someone's life who is massively depressed with, with a lot of side effects along with it. So not a great option. We, you know, People are trying ketamine therapy. And ketamine is interesting because it actually does have some similar effects to, to the uh, PE-2228. So there's some similarities to the way they work. But ketamine has a lot more risks as well. Uh, it's hard to titrate. It's very expensive. And it, it also, you know, it's, um, it's, it's working on the mTOR pathway. So we're screwing up a lot of different other pathways with it as well. So its side effect profile is considerably higher. So, so we've exhausted everything. So if you're a depressed person and you, and you were not one of the lucky 30% who actually responded to your first SSRI, pretty much now people just kind of go, mm-hmm. Get used to it. That, you know that old <laughs> saying, you, you, you can get used to hanging if you hang long enough. <laughs> Well, okay, but now I want to stay with this just for one more second because you and I had a little uh, off-the-air discussion. You know, as I said, when I lost my my mother, father, and sister in a short period of time, I became very depressed. And it it caused me a lot of grief for about a year, but I knew I would get past it and and once I kind of got used to it. But taking an SSRI wasn't an option because I know it takes four, six, four to six weeks for it to actually start to work and it doesn't work for most people and if it doesn't work then it's going to take me four to six weeks to feel normal again and what's normal by then and I thought oh I wouldn't now look at this look at look, look at PE 2228 
So you let's say you lost your job. You're really depressed. You're sad. But you know you're going to feel better. You just don't want to be feel this way for the next couple months until you snap out of it. Here's something that kicks in fast, and you can just stop when you're done. Right. And you and that that's this would be a much better rescue method treatment for people who are suffering from major depression where we know they're going to get over it. They they just went through a divorce. They lost a child at childbirth. We, we know you're going to get over. And what about poor mothers with with postpartum depression? Here's the drug. Here's what you give them. Right, so might be a really nice option for that. You know, low side effect profile, not probably, should, we don't, you know, I can't say this for certain, but probably not going to affect breast milk much. Um, That's huge right there. That's what I was thinking. It's endogenous. It's not going to affect breast milk. Right, right. So I think I, you're exactly right. There's a lot of just situational depressions. And we're not going to downplay those because even situational depressions can be devastating to somebody's life. It can ruin marriages. It can ruin families. It, people still kill themselves even if something they're depressed for four weeks. Sometimes that is such an overwhelming depression. So even situational depressions are really detrimental. And and our traditional treatments are not designed for situational depressions because it does. It takes too long for them to work. If you if you just you know had some horrible event, you lost a spouse, and somebody says, okay, well in three weeks this will kick in and you'll be better. It's not going to do you any good. I think this is a really nice option that we can say three three to four days, you should start feeling better. I have a lot more hope now, right? Yeah. And I, say, I can get this out for three days and this is going to work. Right now, the success rate of this drug looks phenomenal as well. You know, we, we don't have, like a lot of these drugs, we don't have the long-term human trials yet. We don't know. But in our experience, it's looking really good. It's looking like most people are responding very, very well to it without side effects. So... Worst case, it doesn't work, but you know that within three or four days, you'll have to move on to something else and try something else. And we haven't created a host of side effects, you know, where now you have no sex drive and uh, you, or you gained weight, as a lot of the drugs do. Uh, or wait, you- wait a minute. So let me tell you a little short story. People don't know about this. SSRIs have now been linked to uh, mitral valve prolapse because the because of this. They, you know, we always think, oh well. Um, uh, proton pump inhibitors only affect the stomach. Well, we found out there's proton pumps in the heart and in the brain, and now we know people who take these uh, proton pump inhibitors long term, they develop uh, idiopathic. Uh, now we know why, but it used to be idiopathic uh, heart failure, and they develop dementia. And so, so here we are again. We're like, well, SSRIs, you know, they only affect this, the serotonin levels in the brain. No, they they affect the serotonin levels also in other things like soft tissue. You, I can always pick a woman out. That's on antidepressants because right below the navel, her belly just pops out like a little light bulb. And that's because they've, they've, this is, there's a study out there that shows this, that it destroys the, uh, the, the, the soft tissue that holds the intestines. That's like the shock absorber of the intestines. They just stretch out and everything just kind of falls poop down on your diaphragm. Then they end up with urinary tract problems, right? They can't hold their urine. Yeah, because all this stuff is now laying on their bladder. So... SSRIs don't just screw your brain up. They screw a lot of other things up that we're just learning about now. Right. I mean, we, we know that the sexual dysfunction, both for men and women, is huge with SSRIs. It's one of the biggest reasons people go off of them. Uh, so, you know, so, and then, so that's creating a whole other host of disorders for people. Uh, so I think that, that, you know, we really don't, we're not looking at the SSRIs are handed out like candy. They really are. And I, again, I, I, I'm not going to say that they're not. There's people who do very well on them. And there's people who I know will be writing to you and saying, listen, Prozac saved my life. 
And I know there's people like that. I have friends who tell me that. It was like, you know, Prozac was huge for me. It stopped my anxiety, it stopped my depression, saved my marriage. And, and, and you know, and, and so I, I can't say, you know, that it's yeah, not Yeah, don't for take it. No, I, and I agree. But, I, I tend, I'm not, I'm not being a zealot and saying abandon them. But, but if this may be a better first step before you go, exactly. okay, I'll try SSRI. But it's a much better first step. And let's add to it that, that this TREK1 receptor has a few other things. And one of the things we've noticed is connected to is atrial fibrillation. So, so one of the things this drug is also being looked at for is maybe some cardiovascular benefits to it. So that same electrical excitability potentially is one of the, the AFib triggers. And so now they're looking at it as a, a potential re- remedy for people with AFib. So this is going to, this kind of is going to develop into some other, uh, other realms as well. I think that, that there's not anything you can say about the other drugs that we're using here, the other SSRIs and things that we can say, oh, they have all these other benefits. We're now looking at a drug that has potentially better efficacy. It definitely works faster. It definitely has a lower side effect profile. It has significant other benefits, including, you know, increasing memory by increasing hippocampal neurogenesis, increasing potential for cardiac arrhythmias to be avoided. So, so you know, it's, why not? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. So let's get a couple. Que- we're going to get a couple questions answered here. So uh, Dawn. Asked, sounds like uh, one for my daughter. Does Can Labs carry it? I have no idea. You have to check on their website. Jeff Clifton wants to know. Uh, I-, I can tell you that Taylor Made Compounding is making it, uh, and I- and I got I-, I got a little conversation I had with Doctor Seeds, and I'll mention that uh, when we come out of the the first break. Uh, do you have an opinion on transcranial stimulation? I found the Fisher Wallace device to help. Do you know anything about that? I do, and I do think transcranial stim- stimulation can be quite helpful for people. I do, and it, it has a low side effect profile as well. It's pricey. It's hard to find a place to do it, so there's not a lot of really good centers for it. We do have one here in Boulder, that, I, and I know they have some good outcomes with it. My success rate, I've referred a lot of people for transcranial stimulation. My success rate has been maybe 50-50, so it hasn't, it, but it's been good. Side effect profile is low, I think, in general, and I, particularly for a young person, I prefer it over an SSRI. All right. Right, absolutely. Uh, same same uh, 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 person in the audience wants to. She said, "No side effects. Sounds good." Are there any, like what if you took a bolus dose? I, I know it's you take it intranasally, and I think it's like two hundred micrograms uh, uh, a spray or some somewhere around that. Could could you take too much of this and feel anything bad? Actually, I don't really know that. I mean, they they from the rat studies they have they've bred these rats who don't have this receptor, so. They're completely devoid of the receptor at all, and they actually did very well. They had no, you know, they 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 were they thrived better than the normal rats. They ate better. They had better appetites. Now, would the same thing be true in humans? If we block this receptor completely by taking a massive dose of this, and you know, and, and so it was completely blocked and had no activity, would anything bad happen? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Okay, so here's a, 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 a I'm rattling. I'm going to rattle. I'm just going to read this off the text message between Bill and I this morning. He said, uh, PE2228 is a game changer, fast acting, four to five days. Here's what people should know about it. Higher doses, like 800 micrograms, uh, can cause some lethargy in some people, not everybody. Uh, It's a very interesting peptide, great for depression, but also cognitive enhancer, which Victor uh, Mifsud said that, you know, he has a nootropic effect. And and Bill has some uh, numbers here. at higher, but at higher doses, you can you can sacrifice some lethargy. 
very few are aware of this. I have been very successful with 400 micrograms a day, just one spray. So it's 400 micrograms in one spray from TaylorMade, that this means. Uh, a lot more to this peptide since uh, I brought it out and had it synthesized. Have also had great success with just 400 micrograms, improving cognition and no lethargy if you stay under 600 micrograms. What about injecting it? Do you have to use it intranasally? I mean, obviously, it's a faster pathway to the brain if you use it intranasally, right? I think it works better intranasally. The, the research has shown us it works better intranasally than injected. I, you, I do think you get effect. I think you need a higher dose. Um, I know the TaylorMade recommends the dosing being being twice what, what Dr. C says, 400 twice or 400 in, or two sprays, so 400 in each spray. Um, but I, I, I certainly trust his, his experience with it since it's relatively new. And there's a lot, and everybody has different tolerances to this, right? Somebody, right. somebody may take 400 and feel lethargy. So what, what does that mean? Right, exactly. I you think you got to experiment with it. You yeah. experiment with it and you see, but I think you're not going to hurt yourself by being a little lethargic and go, okay, next time. I mean, this has about a 23 hour window of, uh, that's working. And so, which is great. It's a full day you get effect from, uh, but, but it's going to be out in a day. Your, whatever symptoms you had are going to be gone. So again, unlike your SSRIs, you don't have to wean off of it. It's out of your system in 23 hours. Uh, you know, and it's perfect for dosing every day. Yeah, and and she also said that her husband's on Prozac, and she didn't know anything about the side effects. No, everybody's on Prozac. Yeah, and 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 every and you know what? When it comes to pharmaceutical drugs, you know, this is true of just about everything except peptides. I got to be honest with you, and that's because peptides are they're they're common to the body. The body recognizes them, knows what to do with them, and they know what to do once they're inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that level of intelligence, when we have protein peptides we're dealing with, it's a big game changer because most pharmaceuticals, if not all pharmaceuticals, have some unwanted effects, uh, and, and they sell them anyway. And you, you know, anytime you listen to a commercial for a, a, a pharma drug, the first, you know, 40, uh, first 15 seconds are about the drug, and the last 45 seconds are about all the harm that the drug could do to you. Right. I mean, when you think about that for a second, that's actually really scary. Like, that's the standard. It's okay if it hurts you. So, anyway. Right. It's just accepted that that's, you know, that drugs have these bad sides, too. And that's what's so, that is what's so cool about peptides, right? They're very unique acting. They work in very specific places. And they're fast acting. So, you don't have these long, lingering, downstream effects that these drugs have. I mean, these drugs get metabolized. Everybody metabolizes them differently. So you put somebody on. That's why these SSRIs potentially have very different effects in one person than another is because of how you're metabolizing them. So, so uh, she has a daughter that's also on Zoloft. So if someone was going to, if someone came to you and said, I've been on Zoloft for five years now, and I want to get off Zoloft and I want to try this, would you introduce this first? Would you send them to titrate their dose down to nothing and start with a tabula rasa? How would, how would you do it? I would go ahead and actually, so remember, this is, SSRIs do work on this receptor. So SSRIs are working on this truck receptor. And so one of the reasons you have to wean off of them is because of this. By, by going ahead and initiating the PE2228, you can probably actually wean very rapidly off of the Zoloft. And so you don't have to wait, you'll go wait two weeks mm, off. The that's off a person. great point. I, I would initiate it right at the same time. And I would, I would pretty rapidly wean off of the antidepressant depressant. I mean, because we really are working on some of the same receptor, we really shouldn't have as many issues. Right. I want to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about the uh, rodent model study uh, that was in uh, PLOS one. Uh, I have some slides. I want to talk about diet. We have a lot more to, t- to talk about this. And so, 
If you're listening to Superhuman Radio for the very first time, if you came because of this show, please visit the website, superhumanradio.net. We have an audio podcast of every show, just the way we have a Facebook Live uh, episode of every show. Share the show around, uh, because really, the goal of this show is to help people empower themselves, to get themselves off of drugs, make themselves healthy, and live a strong and longer life. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman and radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-C eye drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-C and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. can eye drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using can eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky and have type 2 diabetes, $500,000 of term insurance should only cost about 100 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. If you want affordable term life for you, call Big Lou at 800-352-9239. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call Term Provider at 800-352-9239. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-352-9239. 800-352-9239. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, 
you'll gain with it. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full, full out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D. R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill. Check it out. I promise this is one supplement that delivers. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. Before we get back into the show, I have to ask my audience to pay attention to what I'm about to say. I didn't plan, I didn't plan this out. I just learned about it this morning, and I'm going to be talking about it all week. So we love peptides, right? And we love the freedom that peptides give us to get off of the pharmaceutical bandwagon. Uh, But, of course, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't like peptides. Uh, And why should they? Because, literally, people are getting fixed instead of taking things that just mask symptoms. So uh, there was a a bill passed in 2009 uh, that speaks to biologics and biosimilars. And uh, recently it was amended, uh, end of last year. And this is supposed to go into, into, into place in March. So mm-hmm. uh, if you know how to reach your congressman, Monday I'll have a better job. I'll have a link. People can click, send an email. I promise you we'll get this done. Um, but right now the FDA wants to enforce, in, starting in March, that any peptide that's already being made by a pharmaceutical company you cannot buy the generic from a compounding pharmacist any longer. This is going to take a lot of money. So here's what the pharmaceutical industry is doing. They don't like peptides, but they're thinking, okay, great. We'll leverage all of your efforts out there, all the people that are talking about them, all the people that are using them, and we're going to just go to put ourselves in the middle and we're going to make money. So, so things like um, uh, uh, ARA290, also known as sabinatide. Sabinatide was... Uh, first synthesized by a private company, a pharmaceutical company. So, mm-hmm. of course, they want you to buy it from them. They don't want you to buy it from TaylorMade or any other, any other synthesizer on the planet because, basically, they're not getting their money for it. So, uh, basically, the FDA has a, 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 a place where you can go. If you, if you search biosimilars, questions and answers regarding implementation of biologic price competition and Innovation Act of 2009. So what they're basically doing is anything that you can buy from a pharmaceutical company when it comes to a peptide, this is insulin, this is HCG, this is your, your CJC-1295, all that stuff. If it's being made right now by a pharmaceutical company, if it's been invested in and synthesized first, and they stuck their flag in it first, even though it naturally occurs in many cases in your own body, they're going to want you to pay the higher price for it. And this is really BS. This is what they do. This is exactly what 
Congress and everybody is supposed to be working on, you know, lowering the prices of pharmaceutical drugs. And meanwhile, here you go, pharmaceutical industry trying to just intervene in an industry that they have no place in and get in the way of people accessing these things and, more importantly, getting in deeper into your pocket. So you need to pay attention to this all week. I'm going to be talking about it. We need to start contacting our Congress people, and we need to say, look, I currently use peptides prescribed by my doctor and a compounding pharmacist makes it for me. And what you're going to do is you're going to drive the price price up. You're going to drive the access to this stuff down. You better not vote for that. You better you better get this thing taken out because they they closed the deal on this like at midnight, December 25th in some budget deal, Christmas Eve or Christmas night. So this is what the government is famous for doing. They see an opportunity. They want to. They want to get in the middle of it and make money on it instead of leave people alone. All right. Yeah, I'm going to echo that. I mean, I really encourage your listeners to get involved here because this is, you know, for for me, it's, it's devastating. I'm, personally, I have a lot of these these that I use myself that I want to have access to, but on my patients, for instance, um, liraglutide. Liraglutide is a peptide that really helps people who are borderline diabetic. It helps with immune function. It's amazingly beneficial, uh, and I have a lot of patients who have had a huge benefit from it. Once that goes off the market, we can't get it anymore starting in March to get the pharmaceutical, which will not be paid for by their insurance because they don't meet the criteria, would cost them $1,000 a month, um, you know, and so it, it's going to be cost prohibitive and I'll have to take all of them off of it and their blood sugars will go through the roof again and their immune function will go, through, go awry again. Uh, and it's just the pharmaceutical industry trying to make more money. This is so horrible. This is so typical. It's so, it, they're, they're like parasites. They see somebody doing good over there, and they want to go and get, you know, get, 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 well, let me get some of their hard work and, and make money on it. That's exactly what this is. That's right. exactly what this is. Um, so now i got to answer this question to Dawn. Dawn, this is a drug. Uh, you can't order it like uh, you can vitamin C. And trust me, if vitamin C was being released today, the FDA would tell you the same thing. Oh, you can't buy it. Um, so what you have to do is you have to go to International Peptide Society, uh, which is peptidesociety.org. Find a doctor in your area, contact them, and they can prescribe it for you. And then tailor-made pharmacy in uh, right here in my home state, Hodgins, uh, Hodgensville. That's where uh, Abraham Lincoln was born. <laughs> Nicholasville, Kentucky, can synthesize it and fill your prescription. So that's how you do this if this is interesting to you. And if your doctor doesn't know anything about this, there's two things you can do. You can reach out to Dr. Yerth on her website, uh, boulderlongevity.com, and she can treat you. Uh, or you, uh, which is, I'm saying, go find the new doctor, or help your doctor become educated about peptides and tell them to go to peptidesociety.org and sign up to be trained to prescribe uh, these peptides. It's, it's very, very simple. But you can't just buy it online. This is, this is, this is not vitamin C. We're, we're trying to educate doctors. Uh, fortunately, you know, fortunately, Carl's out there educating all of you, and that's you, know, you guys are usually a lot more open than physicians are to learning. Hence, I... You know, kudos to Carl because you have to. You guys have to go and be the you know the force here because you know if enough if enough people get out there and are the force, your doctor has to start listening, or we hope so. We, I mean, I'm, I'm on faculty for National Peptide Society. We're trying to train physicians, but the traditional physician doesn't know much about peptides, and they're pretty. Uh, they're a lot of them are closed minded. So yeah, I encourage you. You're more than welcome to come to our website. We have patients all over the country, even out of the country, um, and we can. Not in every state, not every state, but a lot of states we can help out. She's in Colorado. She says, I'm oh. in Colorado. I'll go to her site. There you go. You can actually go see her in person. You're a lucky yeah, person. We're in Boulder, so. Yeah. 
So, uh, and I mentioned this guy earlier, uh, Victor. He said, my first day on PE 2228 with one spray definitely had a nootropic effect, uplifted my mood. Two to three days in, I have used two sprays so far. Uh, So far, it's lifted me up out of my depression. Feeling normal uh, and good today. No impending sense of doom, which he told me. He's like, I wake up with this feeling. He says, I take my nasal spray and I can feel it like literally going away. Um, Tomorrow is day four. I can uh, post... Uh, I can I can people posted. He'll keep people people posted. I'm sorry, I can't read. Uh, I also noticed an improvement in my sleep. You say improved sleep to anybody in the United States? They're like, where can I get it? <laughs> I mean, really? I'm 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 there. I, I'm there. Uh, Thanks for giving us that info, Victor. Info, Victor, because it's really nice to hear somebody who is who has some firsthand experience with it. Since we don't have that many people, you know, we have we certainly have a few people that had similar effects. I'm anxious to actually try it on some of my people who have some early memory stuff, uh, you know, some mild cognitive impairment, early memory stuff, and see if they get some improvement. So I'm happy to hear you felt that improvement, you know, said that nootropic effect right away. Um, maybe we can replace all the kids taking Adderall. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Dawn, last thing I'm going to mention, she just said for me to post your website. It's right there under her name, right below Dr. Elizabeth Yurt, MD. You see boulderlongevity.com. So you can you can reach out to her through the website and you can talk to her. So let's get back on task here. So the slide that I've been using, uh, I'm going to put it up and you and I are going to disappear for a second. This is a very interesting slide that came from a, a rodent study where they actually created depression-resistant rodents. Talk about this. using using uh, uh, Were they using Spaden or were they using uh, PE-2228? So this study was with Spaden. Um, you know, and, and again, because Spaden, Spaden works well, it's just too short-acting. So... So on the, on the left there, A, physiologic conditions, this is actually a mouse that was bred without the TREK1 receptor. And they did two, they used two kind of brutal techniques to see if mice were depressed. Uh, but they, these mice that didn't have the TREK1 receptor, they, they were not depressed. They could starve them for days and they would still anxiously, you know, look for food. Hey, they I'm could, starving. This is so cool. <laughs> they were just, or you there's, there was all these kind of, they put them in this vat of water and, and how long they could tread water. If you're, if you're depressed, you know, if, if any of us are drowning, we eventually get depressed. And these mice would just keep treading away. They just, you know, they, they thought, oh, this is okay. I'll just keep going. Whereas normal mice kind of just burn out and say, screw it. And they, they would, you know, sort of try and maybe stay afloat for a while, but eventually drown. Um, B is with, with a, a normal mouse who has spaden, right? Right. But they also upregulated the spade by injecting spaden in, and you can see they actually created a similar phenomena of depression-resistant mouse. But also they they um, they increased the mouse's the mice's ability to learn as well. So they increased their again this that sort of memory the, the cognition. So we sort of had a very similar effect that we you know when we that we could create exogenously by injecting spaden in. So we're going to see the same effect with this peptide, except it's going to be longer acting. So do you, do you think that uh, there are some people out there who maybe produce more spaden than others, and that's why they tend to be much more optimistic about life? I wonder if it, it's probably genetic difference in the receptors. I wonder if it's more spaden or difference in the receptors, because we do know now we've identified, I think, four different SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, of people who have abnormal receptors that are much more depressed and much more recalcitrant to treatment. 
So we know that there's a genetically identifiable group of people who have abnormal TREK receptors and have significant depression and significant depression that does not respond to traditional treatment. So that group we hope will be treated by this. Is there a group that is unusually happy? Uh, I wonder if they maybe have, if it's less the spade in production, but it might be, I don't know, if, and more of a difference in just receptor number. Maybe they have fewer TREK1 receptors. I do. Okay. I do wonder if, you know, there's these whole familial trends. One of the things I'll look at with genetics when I look at people is this trend towards atrial fibrillation. I know whole families where everybody has in the it. family has had atrial fibrillation. And since atrial fibrillation is also linked to this receptor, it'd be interesting to go back and look at that family also had more instances of depression and things like that as well. Interesting. And you know, I developed AFib when I was depressed. It's funny you should say this because I had to go, that's when I, that's when I had to go for my tricep surgery and I had to go get cleared for surgery. And the doctor said, uh, and the girl said, oh, you get, you're going to have to see a cardiologist. I said, why? She said, well, you've got AFib. I said, I do? And she said, yes. And I went and they, you know, they did the echo and they did all this other stuff. He was like, no, nah, your heart's fine. But, but he said, but you do have AFib, and the girl's trying to convince me to take warfarin. You know what it's like trying to convince me to take warfarin? She even tried, you know, if you were my brother, I wouldn't let you leave here without a prescription for warfarin. I said, oh, that's sweet. I said, but I'm not your brother, and I left. <laughs> warfarin. Um, so Jeff Clifton wants to know if this is also used for bipolar depression. Is there such a thing as bipolar depression? I mean, I thought it was bipolar disorder. Uh, which is a combination of depression and, and mania. Right. Well, and, and so there are bipolar people who tend more to depression. Okay. Uh, and, and those people do very, they don't do so well with antidepressants typically. So when you put somebody with more of a bipolar depressive episode, they need, you always have to add mood stabilizing drugs in as well. Because if you just put them on antidepressant, they tend to get very anxious. Mm. Uh, and um, so this actually should, because it's working on the piece. Whereas the, the antidepressants don't help the anxiety piece, and that's what happens to those people, this should actually help that. So it should work without having to put people on the, the Lamictal or other mood-stabilizing drugs along with it. I think that we don't – I'm not going to say that with certainty because I haven't treated the bipolar people with this yet. But I know a lot of people, particularly young people who are in that, as you described, have more of a, of a, of a bipolar depression. And when you put them on antidepressants, they invariably do very poorly unless you add Lamictal um, or lithium or something like that on. I do think this, there's a place for maybe in people like that adding something like CBDs because we know cannabinoids can be really helpful to that group of people too. So you might consider doing something with CBDs along with this peptide. That might be really helpful. Yeah, or just smoke weed. Um, but anyway, I know you're a doctor. You didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> but you live in a state where it's okay. So there you it's go. Legal, right? It's legal. Yeah, well, yeah I, don't ha- I, don't, I don't have to cover for you. I don't have to cover for you. So, so um there is a uh, about uh, 17 or 20 percent of men who suffer from erectile dysfunction who don't get any uh, benefits from uh, PDE5 inhibitors tend to have um, performance anxiety. And they do better, like when they've had a few drinks or if they take a, a Valium or something like that. I got to believe that this could work for them as well as a, as a, a monotherapy. If they, they don't need PDE5s, if they can get erections, but the problem is they get nervous about sex, this might actually benefit them. Be, that'd be interesting to look at, too. I mean, certainly I think it might be really, because it definitely has that kind of rapid effect on anxiety and right. nootropic effect. Maybe in that group, you know, maybe two of those people who get very, very nervous with presentations or exam nervous. Oh, yeah. Right? Instead of taking beta blockers. Yeah. This right. would be better than a beta blocker. blocker. Right. Right. 
So you think about that same thing. Why do beta, beta blockers, we talked about this whole neural excitability and why this is related to cardiac function. So beta blockers, which slow down your heart, but they also help with your anxiety and make you feel, uh, you're, you'll be able to perform a little bit better. So this might be a very interesting... But, but beta blockers stuff. actually lead to depression if you take them long term. These long people term, become... Yeah. Because you, your body needs that, that, that adrenergic boost. Right. Right. Yeah. Beta blockers also make people feel certainly nothing you want to do long term. They make you feel crappy. They they inhibit mm. exercise performance. So Ooh, I look at my face. I'm like, oh, that's ugly. Oh, that doesn't taste good. Uh, so, yeah. So let's let's let's. So there's a couple things we're going to talk about now. One of them, um, I originally wasn't prepared to talk about, but since we've talked about erectile dysfunction and earlier stuff, I, I'm going to mention something towards the end of the show. Uh, but let's talk about diet and stuff for a second. I'm going to put this slide up here. This was from your recent presentation on this peptide. And uh, you show that vegetarians suffer from a greater incidence of depressive disorders than omnivores, huh? So this is an interesting study. Um, and the, the people are all going to say, oh, that's because they were lacking B12. And so B12, but they actually accounted for that. They looked at B12 levels. They looked at nutrient levels. So it was independent of, of nutrient levels like carnitine and B12. So they actually, they, they sort of took all that off the table. Because when I first read this study, I was like, well, that's stupid because the vegetarians oftentimes have deficiencies. And so they, they, they took that off the table. And there still was a big difference in terms of depression in people who had, who were vegetarians versus non-vegetarians. Um, and as you can see, actually, the, you know, the, the group that did the best was the, 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 more carnivore people. I don't know exactly what a semi. Well, I, I, I would I would call them an omnivore, right? You're not avoiding yeah. meat. You're not avoiding right. vegetables. You're kind of eating everything. That that's me. I mean, right. I, I eat meat and vegetables. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you so know. are you are you implying? Could there be a link between diet and the production of this peptide? You think? I guess we don't really know the answer to you know, why are those people. So why is there a difference? You know, is it it might be a difference in fat intake. So you know, this 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 uh, receptor is very dependent on having a normal phospholipid membrane to to act appropriately. If you're very low in fats, as sometimes the vegetarians are eating, depending on what they're eating, they're not eating the same amount of fats as somebody who is eating more meat. So could there be something with that? I don't think I know the answer to that. Well, so 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 so. Uh... If we just try to look at, at tangential, uh, maybe coincidences, but maybe not, you know, uh, vegans tend, long-term vegans tend to have very, very high brain levels of copper and very, very low levels of zinc. And a lot of people um, who have been vegans, who were also uh, dietitians that I've spoken to on the show, uh, have told me that when you first go vegan, after like the first two or three weeks of being straight vegan, you kind of get this euphoria. And this euphoria is makes you feel like, wow, man, this vegan diet is really what I needed because I, I just feel so good. And, 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 and they tell me that this is because as copper levels rise and zinc levels drop, it brings on the onset of this euphoria. But as it goes longer and longer and longer, it leads to feeling sad all the time and in 2013 uh, uh, Psychology Today magazine in December actually uh, did an article called why do vegans suffer from a greater degree of depression than omnivores and so everybody knows this about the vegan diet everybody knows that it leads to depression or mania 
in some people. But we really don't know why that is. This this plausibly could be. Maybe maybe there's a, a link. You know, I tried to look for links because I understand the potassium role in this. And I tried mm-hmm. to look for links, you know, to see what were the precursors, what 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 turns this on. And it, there was that one thing. Um, sp- is it spadolin or spadolin or something like that? This is a – oh, here. It's right here. Yeah, sordolin, right? Sp- right. Spadin is a sordolin-derived peptide. What is sordolin? Um, so sordolin is, I think, the precursor to spade. Right, okay. You know. But do we know where sordolin comes from? That's part of that whole potassium channel activity in the, in the study I read. I, I keep coming back to potassium levels. I really, really do. I'm wondering if potassium plays a role in the development or the production of uh, let's say sordolin and then the downstream of, of uh, spaden. Yeah, probably get Bill Seeds and his pathway knowledge. He, yeah. I'm sure he probably. <laughs> yeah. So with, you, his, with his photographic pathway knowledge. Yeah, I know. I would, I would have to sit and research for a few hours on how those, all those pathways are connecting. <laughs> so, so la- last slide I want to put up here again from from your presentation was looking at the Mediterranean diet and how it actually appears to uh, decrease the risk of depression right yeah markedly actually so these were they basically put these people on on these these different diets um this was ten thousand adults who were not were screened and had no depression and then they put them on these sort of different types of diets with the the a very low type mediterranean diet so very low intake of fruits and nuts and and fats healthy fats and they had a very significant increase in depression over over they followed for four years so I don't know how well controlled they keep somebody's diet for that, but versus the, the group who had a very high high intake of those, you, you see if they got to the highest, it seemed to bump. Yeah, it's up a, a curve. Bit. Yeah, it's thought to bump up a little bit. Yeah, which is interesting. You know, kind of say, well, why? You know, why is that? What is the difference there? So, but but definitely, we know that. And again, I think this is going to come down to you know getting good fats in your diet is super super important, and we know that Mediterranean diet is very healthy and good fats. And I think that the, that good fat piece. Is, is a big player, maybe this receptor, um, and in a lot of sort of our brain chemistry in general. So I think that that's something that gets really neglected when we start getting into these these diets that are sort of eliminating so many of those things. I want to take our last commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about something that I discovered, and I think it's either going to be taken as me being a jerk or being funny, but it's not funny. It's real. There's two studies that I just read that uh, implicate the presence of not only this peptide but uh, kispeptin in an interesting place. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Growing older. Sadly, for many, it can mean losing your independence and trading your home with a lifetime of memories for a bed in a lonely nursing home. But now there's Rejuvent, the science to resist aging. Each of us has two ages, a physical age and a biological one. We can't slow our physical age, but thanks to our breakthrough and longevity research, you can now take control of your biological age with Rejuvent Life Tabs, powered by Life AKG. Life AKG is critical for 
powering cellular energy, supporting detoxification, preserving DNA integrity, and lowering sources of oxidative stress. And that can mean more vitality and stamina in the years to come. Backed by over 20 years of research, Rejuvent is the science you need to resist aging. Rejuvent Life Tabs. It's about life. It's about health. It's about time. Hey, this is Carl. To learn more and save 10% off, go to GetRejuvent.com. That's Get, R-E-J-U-V-A-N-T.com. Use the code SHR and get 10% off your first order. Check it out. Redcon One is one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world today. That's because they produce supplements that deliver on their promises. From their flagship pre-workout Total War to their innovative whole food MREs and bars. Now you can get the deepest discount ever offered to any audience anywhere. Use code SHR and get 25% off all Redcon One products today. SHR and 25% off. Go to redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. Do you use protein powder? Then you'll want to hear this. Thrive Protein is the single best protein blend in the world, built around what Mother Nature put into mother's milk. Thrive Protein is the first human-appropriate protein blend. There's just too much in Thrive to list in this commercial. That's why I'm challenging you to compare your current protein to Thrive. Get your current protein and go to thrivprotein.com and see how your protein's label stacks up to Thrive. For a limited time, get three pounds of Thrive for $59.95, including shipping inside the U.S. That's thrivprotein.com and code COMPARE. Get ready to experience protein envy. Are you still on the fence about body protection complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing and some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to drseeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because because it's the truth. My experience with the Be Strong Blood Flow Restriction System is proof to me. And now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give Be Strong a try. Go to bstrong.training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back. We're going to wrap up the show. I saved this for the end of the show because I didn't want to ruin the show by saying anything like this before. But it's true. And I, I texted Bill Seeds. 
Dr. Seeds. And I, I said, I, I can't make this stuff up. So, so I got to show you how my ADHD brain works for a second. So I did a show not too long ago last year with Joel Green where we looked at the transgenerational epigenetic effects of things. And we looked at uh, microRNA and germ lines in both semen and ovum, ovum and how they how what you do now influences your body's perception of your environment and so it builds a human prepared to live in that environment and why it's a bad idea to conceive if you're like deep into keto because you, you, your baby's going to be made like with all the thrifty genes because you, you can't believe that it's coming into a world where this is all you can eat uh, so we were talking about all that and so I, I, was, I had to read a study in preparation, um, and it was called uh, Peptide Proteins in Seminal plasma, plasma is Positively Associated with Semen Quality. The results from the March study in uh, Chongqing, China. So, that, so I was thinking about that, right? Because one of the peptides that's in semen is kispeptin which we know kispeptin is being used right now to stop uh, the progression of cancers. There's a lot of stuff going on. Kispeptin, kispeptin. People are using kispeptin to save themselves. It, it he seems to turn off metastasis, blah, blah, blah. So just out of a hunch, I thought, because don't forget, it, it, when I first did this show, the first year I did this show, I talked about a study that was done in 2002 by my old alma mater, State University of New York, where they looked at... Um, they looked at, uh, it was from the Department of Psychology, they looked at depression, uh, and it was, does semen have antidepressant properties? And they looked at college women, college-age women, who were sexually active, who were using condoms and not using condoms, and they did all this work with them, and they scored them, and they said, the women who were coming directly in contact with semen, no matter how they obtained it, were, were the, like the risk and the development of... of, of uh, of depression was so statistically significant that they they said you know something about semen is and they and so of course they said the testosterone because that you know we're men everything's about testosterone so I went back and looked at that other study well not just kispeptin is in semen but so is spaden so there may yeah, be yeah, that's one of the places you find lots of spaden is the prostate gland there's tons of spaden in the prostate gland the brain heart kidney and prostate are like the highest amount of spade <laughs> and anything i can do to get people to have more sex i want to be when i die i want the pope to make me the patron saint of sexual activity because sex saves lives the more sex you have the longer you live the healthier you be so naturally i text this to elisa right away <laughs> and then i texted and i said i will i can take your hsa credit card i said if you want <laughs> She didn't respond, and she's not going to respond because she's going to say she's going to tell me it's BS. But okay, it's cheaper than buying, and and, it, and it's more fun to make. It's more fun to make too. I mean, you make it at home. It's good. It's all natural. You make it at home. So there you go, guys. Tell your wife or your girlfriend that if she says if she says she's depressed, say, look, you know, I I, I, don't, I don't mind doing it. I don't mind doing it for you. I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll take a bullet. I can help you get rid of that depression. And it's scientifically proven. So there you go. That's it. That's all I got for today. I'm sorry to do that with you on the air. I'm sorry. But I, it's true. It's true. I can't make this stuff up. I told Bill, like, you can't make this stuff up, I said. So there you go. What else, did we miss anything on this discussion, Dr. Yurth? I think we got it. I just you know, I want to 
kind of close with that. Kudos to you, Carl, for educating all you guys. Thank you for, for listening to him because it, unfortunately, you guys are going to be the force that starts changing medicine. It's not going to be the physicians. You can't really rely on them. You have to rely on smart people like Carl to kind of come and, and bring people who will, who will give you this new stuff. Um, this is going to be a, another cool kind of landmark thing that we can use and, and hopefully cure a lot of people and, and help a lot of people without doing a lot of damage. So if we are going to, you know, one of the things we've decided is, you know, much like what you're doing, Carl, is we want people to, you know, you go and get your own labs and you look at your own labs and you interpret your own labs. And one of the things we realize is people need to, to learn how to do that themselves. We're actually within Boulder Longevity Institute starting a human optimization academy kind of course. There's going to be just a one-day seminar you can come to, you can fly here where we actually teach you how to look at your complete blood count, your cell, your chemistry panel, all the little hidden things that your doctor doesn't even tell you in there that will help you and then and what you can do to sort of change some of those factors for health, you know, sort of the health span. Because we, we're, we're realizing that you guys are kind of going to be the change of the face of medicine. It's not going to be the physicians. If we wait for the physicians to do it, it's going to be uh, who knows when. So encourage you guys to keep learning um, and, and keep doing this And because I, 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 I've lost faith in the doctors to do it. Yeah, and, and well, everything gets cha- everything gets changed in the free market by demand, right? By demand, right. and and we and we the public, we are the ones that set set the demand. So we, yes, you're right. And I, that, I, by the way, that is so cool. So people can come to your facility for what is that? What is this clinic cost again? Called well, again? Basically, we're going to be starting a course called Human Optimization Academy. And the first one, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll just online eventually, but we're right now we're having people come. We're going to spend an entire day. It's going to be basically, you'll get, you'll go get your blood drawn wherever you are. And then you'll come here, spend an entire day from, from seven in the morning till five. And we, we kind of teach you, how do you look at a CBC? What is a good white count versus an average one? What does that differential mean? Look at your complete metabolic panel. So you understand what the kidney functions are and the liver functions are. Cause your doctor only looks for those little reds. Oh, this is off. You need to know how to look at those for optimal values, and if they're not optimal, how you can change them. In fact, we can even sort of we teach people how to look at those numbers and put it together into a kind of a, a little algorithm that will tell you how long you have to live, and then how can you change that. I mean, like the size of your cells is really important. People don't know that. Your doctor doesn't tell you that. So simple little things like that. So we're going to kind of teach you how to be, in one sense, the, we want to teach patients to be the drivers of their health care instead of the, the, relying on their doctors to do it. Not going to say write your doctor out of the situation, but be able to go with them and communicate and say, "Listen, this value isn't where I want it to be." And you know, and then we're going to give you tools to change that. So we're going to start with just going through a basic metabolic panel. That is that is so big, and I, so it's funny because it, it also comes in handy when you understand the metrics and why these levels are where they are. Exactly. Because because there's a. There are pathological changes and there are physiological changes, and sometimes they look exactly the same in blood work. And exactly. a case in point, I recently had blood work done, and my pro BNP was 490. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's actually a, a brain uh, a neutro, uh, a nutritive, what is it called, nutritic peptide, but it's produced by the, the left ventricle of the heart when the left ventricle is working really hard. Well, in the average slothful person who's sitting on their ass all day long, when their pro BMP goes up, it means heart failure is coming. But on a guy like me who lifts heavy weight and does the stuff I do, I went and had my blood work done, and and my guy called me and said, "Dude, he goes, you've got heart failure." I said, "I don't have heart failure. I could sprint." I said, "What are you talking about?" And then when I knew, I said, "Let me take a couple of days off from the gym," and sure enough, my pro BMP was down again. So when right. you understand this stuff, you actually right. can give input to your doctor and go, "No, no, I don't think you're right about that." 
that's right. That's why you go and get your own blood work done and look at it. And, and I, we have people all the time come to us with these labs and they go, well, my doctor said this was normal. And, you know, and what does that mean? And it means nothing. So you need to know how to interpret those values, what it means, how to make changes in them. And we'll, we'll show you how each of those little values brought up or down a little bit will make a huge change in kind of your health span and your longevity of being you know, a healthy person. It's, it's very cool stuff. It's just all these hidden little things that are in your blood that nobody talks to you about. Educating. Yeah. The, the best consumer is an educated consumer. If you get yeah. educated. Yeah. Then- you go to our longevity.com site and then click over to the Human Optimization Academy. The first course is only going to be 20 people, so we expect to kind of fill up fast. But hopefully we'll start getting that on. We just want you guys to be able to dictate your care a little bit better. Yeah. Very, very cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's been always a pleasure to spend time with you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, this is great. I would Im- imagine people are going to start reaching out to you that have depression and want to know how to get this peptide. So be prepared. Well, thanks for all you do, Carl. Really appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. And we'll see everybody yeah. Monday. Uh, we have a great open season on Men Monday. We're going to be talking about and, – and this is actually for women who are breadwinners too. We're going to be talking about alimony. There are some real problems with alimony and the way divorce occurs – today in family courts, and we're going to address that uh, uniquely from a man's perspective. But there are a lot of women out there who are breadwinners need to hear this. By the way, I love that show. That shows, I love listening to that show. (laughs) Do you know, real quick, because I know you you have things to do, but I I was going to launch that show uh, nine years ago because I had gone through a horrible divorce, and I I wanted to be like Charlie Sheen. You don't pay women... You pay women to leave. You don't pay them to, to show up. And I thought, you know what? I will never, ever be in a relationship again. This is BS, blah, blah, blah. And Open Season on Men was going to launch as a standalone show almost nine and a half years ago. And then I fell in love with Elisa. And I couldn't be angry anymore. And I was like, well, now it's not about me being angry. I'm, I'm more interested in empowering men. Women have done a wonderful job. We need to tear a page out of their books Women have done a wonderful job of empowering themselves, mobilizing opinions, getting things done. And guys sit back and we just bitch. Oh, yeah, this, this, this. It's time for guys to start wisening up a little bit. So that's the whole goal of that show. That's all it is. Hey. And that's it. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody next week. Have a good, safe weekend. Bye. Some music here.